Okay, I think let's get started. So, hello everyone. So, welcome back to our, you know, the weekly severance seminar. And uh, today we are very happy actually to uh, introduce actually the professor too. He is actually a professor in the Michigan, uh, Michigan State University. He actually is expert in mobile network security. And um, in the past 10 years, he has done his research from 40 security, of course, right now to 5G security. So today, uh, he, of course, he has a lot of actually, you know, the very exciting work. It mainly shows actually the real attacks actually in the commercial actually the US network like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and it shows actually we are, we are unfortunately we are vulnerable to um, a lot of actual threat and attacks. Of course, they also give us the solution and the recommendation to this operator, which kind of actually secured our today's network from, from millions of the people, okay? And um, I think today he's going to talk about actually his research about how to secure mobile networks. So I will give the turn to Professor Chu. So Scott, are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Thank you for the kind of introduction. I'm a uh, professor uh, too. Okay. I'm I'm sitting professor at the Michigan State University, and uh, I have uh, actually I uh, I had a professor upon graduated from the same research lab uh, at the UCLA, and we have been working in this uh, primary senior research area, mobile network security, for many years. Yeah, we together discovered lots of uh, interesting uh, security vulnerabilities and findings. And we also closely collaborated with uh, operators and uh, device manufacturers such as Google. And we worked together and helped them to uh, help them fix uh, lots of our vulnerabilities. Yeah, in today's talk, I'd like to share with you uh, some of my research experiments, uh, how we identify those uh, okay, uh, real world uh, security threats and how can we okay, uh, deal with that. Okay. So the today's talk, the title is Enabling a Practically Secure Mobile Network System. Okay. So the world has been mobilized in 2021 and mobile nails have connected more than 15 billion mobile devices, okay, provided okay, the 5.3 billion users with ubiquitous emerging mobile services, including like, okay, the ultra reliable ultra latency uh, communication, industrial IoT communication, and the virtual reality. However, it never be an easy task to secure operational uh, mobile networks. So they come with uh, some reasons. First of all, the cellular networks are typical effect, indeed a complicated system. It's supposed to, okay, usually compress more than, okay, the tens of the network functions or elements and support more than 30 different protocols. And the most challenging part is, okay, in operational networks, usually you need to simultaneously support multiple generations of mobile networks. For example, an AT&T user, you can free switch between the 3G UMTS, 4G LT, and the 5G NR, new radio, without terminating your ongoing services, such as your voice data and test services, okay. However, the problem is that, okay, the, in the different generations of the mobile nails, their security mechanism and the services vary a lot, okay. For example, in the 3G UNTS, they only support the circuit switch best, okay, voice and the test services. 
However, in the 5G and the 4G, they support a circuit package search best of voice and the test services. Here is an example, okay? Basically, yeah, you may think of this uh, network architecture is sort of uh, complicated, but actually it's a reality. Oh, actually in the uh, ATMD, for example, in ATM Verizon, they support both, okay, 3G, 4G and the 5G networks. So they allow their user can switch between the multiple generations of mobile networks, which means that if they any vulnerability, if there are any vulnerabilities in a particular component, they can threaten the older mobile users, no matter you are using the 4G or 5G. It doesn't matter. Even, okay, the, the level element in the 3G has some problem, they can threaten the, the 5G user because they you can switch between the multiple generations of mobile networks. So, yeah, we can see because of the, the, cellular net, the operational cellular network is a complicated system. So basically it's a technical challenge to discover all the possible secure vulnerabilities uh, in this okay, the hybrid networks, which means that they support multiple generations of mobile networks. No matter we are using okay, the formal methods or using the okay, empirical approach, it's not easy to do so. So our approach is that we take a service-oriented approach we try to I, we try to study the insecurity of essential okay mobile services such as voice, test, data, IoT, or emergency services. Okay, our goal is to identify the practical security threats against the mobile ecosystem, not limited to the mobile users only, but also okay the mobile operators and the, okay applications rely on the mobile systems. Okay. And our attacks that okay, our attacks were not limited to okay. For example, at the vessel, you must be the nearby okay, a victim. Actually, uh, in our uh, in our words, our attacks can be used to launch remote attacks against the, the, the mobile users. Yeah, I'll provide more details later. Yeah, using this approach in the last 10 years, and we have discovered lots of interesting uh, security vulnerabilities in the different uh, services including the IoT service, voice test, and the data services. In the IoT service, in IoT service security, we find, okay, at the registry, they can remotely discover the IP addresses and the phone numbers assigned to the massive cellular IoT devices. Since those massive cellular IoT devices only subscribe to a small amount of data, okay, so if their IP addresses and the phone numbers can be identified by at the registry, they will suffer from okay the denial of such attack because the battery can send a, a spamming packet to those IoT devices and consume their subscriber data amount quickly. Okay. And in the voice service, okay, we find that by a given phone number, the battery can remotely launch either data DOS attack or voice denial of service attacks. And even more threatening, and uh, the registry can obtain the free data services and uh, also launch overbidding attacks against any mobile devices. Yeah, and uh, in the test security service, we find okay, the registry can donate money on behalf of the victim without their prior consent. Okay, and uh, they can help you to okay, they can hijack your Facebook account without your username and password. Okay. So yeah, in the data security, we find okay, adversary can remotely increase the victim's monthly bill to a large extent, and the victims will be totally unaware of those attacks. Okay, 
return, you need to pay for those okay, unwanted packets that, that you never receive, okay? And uh, yeah, so due to the time limitations in today's talk, I will mainly introduce, introduce our work in the category of our voice service security. Yeah, why I choose uh, the, the voice service uh, security in today's talk, the reason is actually it is a real security threat. The reason is that for all the smartphones, not, not limited to smartphones, for all the mobile phones, they have a pre-installed cellular network voice services. If you don't, you cannot obtain the 3GPP certification, which means you cannot be on the market. Which means if there are any vulnerabilities in the cellular network voice services, they can lead to a devastating consequence on global scale. More than billion mobile users will suffer from these attacks. So that's why I choose this okay, the topic in today's talk. Yeah, let's go to the mobile network voice service security. Okay. So before I introduce the, the, the interest findings that we discovered, I'd like to share okay, the one deep uh, ingrained uh, design principle. You can find this design principle in all generations of uh, mobile networks. Let's voice first. Yes, you are right. It's voice first. It's never be the data first. You can find this design principle in all the generations of mobile networks. Which, yeah, from the, from the first generation to the fifth generation. Yeah, it does not come without any good reason. Because in the first generation of a mobile network, it's designed to provide users with a ubiquitous voice services. So his job, his goal is to provide the user with a character and a voice quality. To achieve this goal, you can find there's nothing that cannot be simplified. Okay, in the following company slide, I can provide you the three examples. You can see what I'm talking about, okay. Yeah, this, uh, this table is uh, the QoS, the class, the QoS classifier identifier for the, all the services. For example, like data, voice, vehicle to uh, vehicle to vehicle communication, vehicle to everything, push to talk, okay. They provide, they will define the priority levels for all kinds of uh, services in the cellular networks. Okay, let's take a where the voice is. This is our, okay, voice packing. It's assigned priority of two. Lower value means a higher priority. Okay, the, the highest part is one. Okay, the lowest is a two. Oh, sorry, the second highest is a two. Okay, and where is a voice signaling message? To transmit a voice signaling message, his priority is assigned one, which means the highest priority in the cellular network. Compare with the voice package and the voice signaling, where is our internet traffic? Our internet traffic is right here. It'll be assigned priority ranges from eight to nine, which is much lower than the voice packet and the voice signals. Which means that if we only have a limited resources and all the limited resources will be used to serve our voice packet and the voice signaling rather than our internet traffic. So that's why I say, okay, the cellular network is always a voice first network rather than data first. Okay. Yeah, of course, different people may have a different opinions, but here is a the, okay the QoS classified identified table. You can take a look at this table. Okay. And the next example is that okay, 
in the 4G and the 5G networks, all the voice service are provided over the IP, which means that we leverage the SIP session initiation protocol to provide a user with the voice services. Okay, compare, before I talking, before I'm in explain the, what the reserve resources before running means, let me introduce the non-cellular SIP code flow first. Now, this is a non-cellular SIP code flow. We can see this code flow from internet is pretty common, okay. Alice tried to call Bob. Alice was sent invited to the SIP uh, server and the SIP server was sent 100, trying back to the Alice say, okay, I already, I will have to find where the Bob is. Okay, after the SIP server find where Bob is and the, the SIP server will forward the SIP invite to Bob. Then Bob's phone rings. Okay, then Bob was sent 180 running back to the Alice. After Alice received a 180 running and the Alice phone will play alerting tone, okay. Then after Bob answered the call and the Bob's device was sent a 200 okay, which means answers back to the Alice. Then they can, these two guys can have a layer voice conversation. And after the call is finished, okay, Alice can send a bye to the Bob and the Bob sent 200 okay back to the, the Alice. Now let's take a look at how the, the 4G and the 5G network modify this non-cellular so I already highlighted, okay, the modifications that you've been the blue color. Okay, then we can see after the barber received a civil invite, he was sent, he, his phone does not start to read. Instead, his phone sent 183 session progress back to the Alice. Actually in the civil invite, the caller was specified the, the supported audio codex in the civil invite. Then code it, you need to select one from those codex, right? So in the 183 session progress, the bub was specified the selected the audio codec. The select codec represent, okay, the, the QoS, okay, for example, like uh, the uplink and the downlink bandwidth, for example, they may require the 30 kbps, okay. Then the, the SIP, session progress magic will be sent to the Alice. Then Alice will based on the selected audio codec and go to reserve resources, okay. After the resource has been reserved and Alice will send a provisional egg, PR egg back to the Bob, okay. After Bob finished the resource reservation and received the provisional egg from the Alice, the Bob's phone starts to ring, which means uh, before Cole's phone, rings, all the resources required for this call conversation have been reserved, okay. So this is something, okay, the, the cellular nails did additionally to protect, uh, to provide a user with a carrier grant, okay, voice quality. We make sure all the resources have been reserved, then we make the call response ring. Then the third example is that, okay, if layer is a inter-system handover, okay, the user switch from the 4G to 3G or switch from the 3G to 4G, okay. When this inter-system occurred, okay, the voice service will be always resumed first, okay, will be earlier than the data services. Yeah, here is example, okay. We assume we have the two, okay, ongoing voice and the, the, the data services session, okay. Then we suffer from, okay, the, then we experience an 
inter-system search from the 4G to the 5G, uh, sorry, from the 4G to the 3G. Then we can find the voice service is available much earlier than the data service. So which means that, okay, we can see by, by these three examples, we can see cellular names actually indeed a voice first network. It's not a data first network, okay. Yeah, we can see the many designs, okay, they can reflect the such design principle. Now, it may be interesting why I need to introduce this design principle. Let me tell you, by leveraging this simple design principle, we already discovered lots of interesting vulnerabilities. Let me introduce it one by one, okay. Yeah, here are the list of the voice solutions in the 4G and 5G. Okay, let me introduce that first, okay. In the 4G LT, uh, in the 4G LT, there are three voice solutions. First is a circuit switch fallback, CSFB. The circuit switch fallback means that for a 4G user, when you try to access the voice services, you will be switched back to a legacy 3G system first. Then you access the 3G circuit switch voice services. After your circuit switch code is finished, you will be switched back to the 4G system. Okay. This is how the CS4 back works, okay. Then in the 4G LTE, you also support a VoLTE services, voice over LTE. To support, actually voice over LTE is similar to the voice over the IP. The operator deploy the IMS IP multimedia subsystem in his core network, okay. The IMS subsystem, IMS system comprise Comprise lot of lot of uh, SIP servers and the signaling. Okay, the gateway they can convert the SIP signaling to the okay the ISOP, the the signaling message used in the telephony networks. Okay, by the IMS. Okay, the when the four G forty user access the voice services, they will not be switched to the three G system. They can directly use the the voice services in the four G network. And for 4G user, they can also use a voice over the Wi-Fi. Yeah, which means that you can access your, okay, the, the cellular network voice services through the public or private Wi-Fi. The SIP server are still those in the IMS system, IP multimedia subsystem deployed by operator. You still share the, the same SIP servers with the VoLTE server, uh, with the VoLTE users. However, you access them through the public Wi-Fi or private Wi-Fi. And in the 5G new radio, okay, he supports three voice solutions. EPS fallback. EPS stands for involved packet system. Okay, so the idea is that it's similar to the CS fallback. Basically, it's used for those uh, non-standalone 5G deployment. Non-standalone 5G deployment means that operators do not deploy the 5G core network still rely on the okay, 4G core network. Operate only deploy the uh, 5G bus stations, okay. And for such okay operator, when their user, when their 5G user try to access voice services, those users will be switched to the 4G system first. Then they can access the VoLTE services in the 4G. And after they finish the, the voice services, they can will be switched back to the, the 5G system, okay. Similar to the CS4 back, okay. And uh, the VONR voice over the new radio, yeah. 
is for the non is for the stand alone five G deployment, which means operator deploy the five G core network and also deploy the IMS IP multimedia subsystem, so that for the voice NR user when they access the voice services, they will not be switched to the four G system. They can just stay in the five G and access their voice services. Yeah, the five G user they can also use a voice over the Wi Fi. Okay, now. Our finding shows actually for almost all the voice solutions, we can launch the attacks against them. For the 4G CS4 back, by giving a phone number, we can launch the data enough such attack. We can suffocate your data services. And then for voice services, okay, user, we can launch the data over voice enough such attack. Then the, the user can take advantage of operators. They can obtain a free data service with the highest serving priority in a cellular network. They can launch overbidding attack, which means, uh, okay, by a given, okay, the IP address of a mobile device, and the vessel can increase, increase his, okay, master bill to a large extent, and, and the vessel don't need to pay for those, okay, data spent. If you are using the, okay, voice, Okay, over the Wi-Fi, uh, you are suffering from the voice DOS attacks. Okay, and uh, yeah, in the 5G and now we currently are verifying, okay, the voice uh, denial attack for the voice over the uh, over our new radio users. Okay, and uh, we already verified the voice uh, denial attack can be applied to the, okay, the 5G user when using the voice over Wi-Fi. Okay, so in the following slides, and I will introduce how we make it. Okay. So this is uh, the incoming call, call flow for the CS, uh, 4G CS fallback user. Okay. Yeah, when, uh, let me see, okay. When there, when, uh, okay, when it's coming call to the uh, CS fallback user, the call request will be sent to the 3G CS, okay, gateway first. Then 3G CS gateway will send a pageant request to 4G MME. 4G MME is, uh, okay, uh, is responsible for okay authenticating the users and uh, manager user location and the manager layer okay session uh, management uh including like uh, the QoS obtaining IP address okay so the the 4G MME after he received a pageant request from the 3G CS gateway the 4G MME will send a pageant request to the 4G uh CS4 back user. And he will specify why the reason why I need to page you. The reason is okay, let's incoming CS code. Then the user you will send the extended service request back to the 4G MME. Then 4G MME will send the initial UE context setup to the 4G base station. Then 4G base station will switch the user from the 4G to the 3G system. After the user connect to the 3G base station, the user will send a paging response to the 3G circuit switch uh, gateway. Then you go to establish your CS code. After that, you perform the package switch handover execution, which means uh, we establish CS code after the user switch to the 3G system. He will establish CS code first, earlier than, okay, the resume the layer, okay, his, uh, okay, the data services, okay. Then after the call is finished, and uh, after the uh, Alice receives the call release, he'll be switched to the 4G system. 
Now let's take a look at the, how the code affected the data. So we can see the data suspension will occur at the intersistence switch between the 4G and the 3G. Yeah, we can see there are two data suspension here. But each data suspension will last for a few seconds. Yeah, why? The reason is that, okay. The, the device will establish the CS code first, then they go to resume their data services. So that's why we can see there are some, okay, the, there are some uh, data suspension, they occur when the intersystem handover occurs. Now, the idea is, okay, if we know intersystem switch can lead to data suspension, can adversary, okay, keep dying the code to the victim and hand up a code immediately so that we can make the victim switch between the 3G and the 4G system back and forth, right? Ideally, we can do that, okay. We just keep dying the code and hand up a code and the user will switch back between the 3G and the 4G system back and forth. Then our, our experimental results show, okay, the victim the TCP throughput can be reduced from the 30 megabit per second to almost zero within the 75 seconds. Okay. Now you may wondering, okay, if adversary, okay, keep dying a call to the victims, victims definitely be aware of this attack, right? Because victims phone will play the ringing tone, right? So if the victim suffer from this attack, victim definitely aware of this attack, right? So the next step is we need to upgrade the data DOS attack to the silent data DOS attack, which means we will prevent victims phone from running. How can we make it? The idea is we can leverage the body and the cancel the code before the provisional app is sent. What does it mean? Before I introduce how we make it, let me introduce the, how a normal body user dial the code to the CS4 bank user. So the Alex sent a SIP invite to his SIP server. His SIP server will send a SIP invite to a signaling gateway. The signaling gateway will convert a SIP invite into the ISAP message, which is IAM. IAM stands for Initial Address Message. To receive this IAM message, the bub must be switched to the 3G system so that they can receive this call request. Okay. Then the signaling gateway will send a 183 session progress back to the Alice. Then after Alice receives this message, Alice will reserve resources. And after resource reservation is completed, and Alice will send a provision egg to the signaling gateway. Then signaling gateway will send a continuity message to the bub. Then Bob's phone can play the ringing tone. Okay, so this is for the normal procedure, how the, the voting user called a CS4 bank user. So what if we can cancel the call before the provisional act is sent to the signaling gateway? Then victim's phone will never play the ringing tone. Okay, we cancel the call and the signal gate was then released to the Bob and the Bob will switch back to the 4G system. So that's why we are able to upgrade the data analysis attack to the silent one. And the next, I would like to introduce uh, some interesting finding we discovered from the 4G voting services. 
actually the last five uh, introduced privacy and uh, in the 4G uh, 40, operator deploy the IP multimedia subsystem in their core network. So you can see there are lots of, okay, the CSCF. CSCF stands for code session control function. You can configure them, okay, as uh, the SIP servers. They're just lots of SIP servers, okay. And then we also have uh, uh, some, okay, the signaling gateway like MGCF. They can help us to convert a SIP message into the ISAP message, which is a signaling protocol used in the telephony networks. They can also convert our RTP voice package into the voice traffic can be transmitted over a telephony network. Okay. The IMS domain, the IMS IP multimedia subsystem not only provide users with the voice services, but also provide them with a, like a video call and the test over the IP services, which means that you can send a test to other people through the IMS. Now I like to highlight some differences between the, okay, the traditional the circuit search voice services and the package search best one, which means IMS best services. The 4G LTE actually provide adversary with a larger attack service. Why? In the legacy one, two, three, third generation circuit search service, Volvo voice services, all operations will be performed on the hardware modem, which means you can only provide hardware modem with a core phone number and then all the remaining things will be handled by the hardware modem. You cannot do anything. You don't need to send any, you don't need to send any signal message to the infrastructure. All the hardware modem on the phone will help you take, take care of everything. However, in the 4G OT scene has been changed. Most operations are handled by the software on the phone rather than hardware modem. Why? The reason is that IMS is not only Design is not designed to provide the voice or test code or test service only. It can support rich multimedia services. If operator can collaborate with the third parties, they can deploy their own multimedia services. If they want to deploy the new services, they cannot modify hardware modem, right? Which means that the hardware modem cannot provide okay, sufficient flexibility for operators to support a new emerging okay multimedia services so in the 4g lt the most operation has been performed by okay software on the phone another difference is that okay the, and the eps barrel is created for the voltage signals why is a eps barrel okay here is a the simplified okay the 4g lt networks we can see there is a phone okay and there is a base station then we have the serving gateway and we have a PDN gateway. You can consider the serving gateway and the PQA as the internet routers, okay? The user's packet will be routed to the best station and the best station will forward to the S gateway, S gateway will forward to the P gateway and the P gateway can forward the data to either internet or IMS. And the EPS barrel is a, a routing path between the UE and the P gateway. The EPS barrel consists of three barrels. One, radio barrel between the phone and the bus station. Second, S1 barrel between the bus station and the S gateway. And the third is S5 barrel between the S gateway and the P gateway. The EPS scale, the one EPS barrel will be assigned an IP address and associated with, uh, okay, the QoS 
for example, like, okay, the VOTI cigarette bear will be assigned highest serving priority in the cellular networks, okay. Now you may think, okay, it's sort of difficult to understand. Okay, that's fine. Let's take a look from, let's take a look at it from the phone perspective. From our phone, okay, there is an IMS application. They can help us to establish the voting code with the, the, the operator. And on our smartphone, we can have uh, the two neural interfaces. I'm at one and I'm at zero. I'm at one is reserved for the voting services, which means they can provide IMS application to communicate with uh, the IMS server. The other neural interface is uh, reserved for the data. For uh, when, when the user try to access the internet, all the traffic will be transmitted over the data interface, okay? Then we also find there is asset control deployer on the operating system, okay? We find, okay, phone will actually transmit a packet destiny to the IMS server using the voting interface, which means if your packet are routed to the IMS server, you can use the voting interface. Otherwise, your packet will be routed through the data network interface. However, we discovered two vulnerabilities on our phone, okay? We actually, first one is with the root privilege. This software best as a control can be easily compromised. We just need to modify the routing table on our operating system. We can manually add the host on internet to the routing table so that we are able to transmit the packet to the host on internet using the VOTI signaling interface. And the second vulnerability is that we find, okay, our hardware modem do not deploy any additional access control. So which means that by leveraging these two vulnerabilities, at the restaurant, you can transmit data to any host through the voting signal interface on our phone. And the next vulnerability we discovered from the infrastructure, actually we discovered from the ATMD and the Verizon, we find that they do not, they have, their okay, as control is imprudent, which means that they allow the adversary, they can communicate with another device, mobile devices over another host on the internet through the VOTI signaling barrel, okay. And the, on ATMT, they support a mobile to internet communication and the mobile to mobile communication. On Verizon, they support a mobile to mobile communication, okay, including a multi to the VOTI and the VOTI to the data. As I mentioned earlier, okay, for VOTI code, for VOTI phone, they support, uh, they support two interfaces, right? One is for VOTI, the other is for data service. And we find on both ATMT and Verizon, if they support a mobile to mobile communication, you can communicate with another mobile device through his VOTI interface and his data interface. Based on these three vulnerabilities, then we can devise a, okay, lots of interesting attacks. First one is that we can obtain a free data service from operators. Why? The reason is that in a current practice, okay, the, the voice service will be only charged by the time duration of voice call rather than data volume, which means that if the call is never been established, we don't need to pay for that. Okay, not just in the United States, in many countries, this is a common practice. So which means that we don't need to pay for the voice signaling messages. Okay, they'll be free of charge. Okay, 
So we find if we are able to transmit the data through the voltage signal barrel and uh, all the service will be free. And uh, another good thing is, yeah, not good thing for operator, but another good thing for adversary is our traffic will be assigned highest serving priority in the cellular networks, okay? We do not observe any limitation on the, the, the volume, throughput or duration for the free data service. And another attack variant is, uh, okay, overbidding attack. Yeah, we can leverage the mobile-to-mobile -mobile communication, especially for the voltage to the data. At the restaurant, we can transmit a, a large, num large number of wanted data to the victim. Then we can bypass operator's net and the firewall protection. Operator's fire net and the firewall protection are used to prevent unsolicited data spent from internet, right? If a, if a mobile user didn't send a packet to internet first, they will not receive any incoming packets. Okay. However, by leveraging this attack, we can bypass the, this uh, firewall protection. It's because this attack is launched inside of the cellular network rather than outside of the cellular network. Okay. At the adversary, we don't need to pay for the low center data spend. However, Victor, you need to pay for that because you receive a those unwanted packet through your data interface. Okay. So you need to pay for those spend. Yeah, another attack variant is a data denial of service attacks. Okay. So idea is that we can exploit in the mobile to mobile communication, but in this time, this time we leverage a voltage to voltage communication, which means that we transmit unwanted data to victim's voltage interface. Okay, victim, you don't need to pay for that, but you will, you will use all of your resources to receive unwanted packet because the voltage signal will be is assigned high serving priority. If the victim device only have a limited resources and he need to receive a lot of packet, he can only spend all of his resource receiving the unwanted voltage signal message because voltage signal message is assigned high serving priority. Okay, so in this attack we can find after the adversary start to send the, 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 spend, the unwanted voltage spend to the victim and the victim data service is throughput is reduced to zero in a short time. And the next I'd like to introduce, okay, this attack can be applied to the, okay, both uh, voltage services and uh, both, both voltage users and uh, the, the voice over Wi-Fi users. We call it a code DOS attack. So the goal of this attack is to prevent victims from receiving any incoming calls. How can we make it? So basically, we try to leave, we try to abuse the reliability of a provisional responses in the zip code flow. What are the provisional responses? Actually, in the zip code flow, there are two types of the responses. One is a final response. Final response is, for example, the add send invite to the bob. The final response will be 200 OK after the bob answers the call. Okay. 200 OK is a final response to a simple invite. The other type of response is provisional response. They are used to provide another community party with some updates, for example, the progress of the SIP call establishment, right? And for the some 
important provisional response, we need to guarantee the delivery okay, of the, uh, the provisional response success, right? So according to standard, to deliver those, uh, to, to deliver, okay, to reliably deliver the provisional response to another side, recipient, once recipient receive a provisional response, important provisional response, they need to send a provisional acknowledgement back to the center, okay? If the, if the center does not receive an acknowledgement, the center will keep resending the provisional response until he receive the acknowledgement or maxima of retransmission range. Okay. So according to standard, 180 session progress is the important okay, provisional response, which means on receipt of 183 session progress, sender you need to reply the provision act to the colleague. Otherwise, caller will keep resending the, the uh, 183 session progress to the sender. Okay. So then we find this design will get the colleague get stuck in a proceeding state. I send I send a session progress to the caller, but I didn't receive an acknowledgement back, right? And I will get stuck in a proceeding state. In this proceeding state, I cannot receive any incoming calls. Okay. Then so that we can develop a, a tag is that, okay. Then we can send the same invite to the, the victim. And once, okay, oh, sorry, okay. Let's go back to previous slide, okay. After the maxima number of the retransmission reaches, the IMS server, they will send the cancel to both caller and the colleague. Okay, so the call has been, okay, canceled. Okay. So based on this design, we can develop a tag is that we can send a SIP invite to the, the victim. Okay, then we, then the SIP, then the call, the victim will send a session focus back to us. Then we will not send any provisional act to the victim. So the victim will get stuck in the proceeding state. Then the victim cannot receive it, cannot accept any incoming call. Okay. After we, after we receive uh, the cancel from the, the infrastructure, then we send another SIP invite to the victim. And the bio launches attack we find, each attack attempt can cause the 40 second to the 32 second call DOS duration. Yeah, the time varies with the different operators, okay. Because of the maxima, the, the number of maxima registration will vary with the different operators. Then our research show, okay, we can prevent a victim from receiving a call up to 97% of the time. Okay, they will not receive, they are not able to receive any incoming calls. Okay, the, our world has been uh, uh, mobilized. Okay, to secure a mobilized world definitely require a lot of uh, interdisciplinary technologies, including assistance, security, networking, and AI. So I think if you are interested in this permitting and a research area, yeah, I'm very happy to collaborate with you and uh, see if we can uh, make the world much better. Okay, yeah. Thank you for listening to uh, my talk. I'm very happy to take any questions from you. Yes, so hi all. So you can type your question in the Q&A.
Um, Scott, maybe I can uh, go ahead. Let's wait for other question. But before that, let's, when we wait, I'll ask you. So do you think this question, I, I think I kind of wonder, you know, what this problem will be dispelled actually when 5G is widely used? Uh, yeah, actually this probably will be the broader use. For example, like uh, the, the voice DOS attack, okay, they can be applied to the OIMS best voice because uh, in a 5G, even the voice over the NR, they still leverage existing the IMS system, right? So then we can yeah. launch this attack, yeah. Definitely can be applied to the, the VOR yeah. So you mean 5G current didn't take any lessons we already, dis you already disclosed actually in the 4G network? Yeah, actually we, we, we have reported our finding to the GSMA. GSMA also admitted uh, there is a design problem, yeah. But the seems is sort of too late. So it's, it's not applied to the latest 5G release yet, yeah. I see. Yeah. So likely means the current standard maker uh, is aware of the problem, but unfortunately yes. the recent effort haven't, uh, or at least so far we do not know if they have any plan to address this issue because so far in the current 5G standard, we can still say the voice call in 5G are still suffer from this kind of attack exposed by you, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, because they, they, the, the, the 5G voice service and the 4G service, they still build on top of IMS. Okay, if we are still using the same IMS design and the same problem will be will, will be absorbed in the 5G, I, I do believe so, yeah. So do you think we actually should uh, give up this kind of the voice calls provided by operator? Should we just go directly? Because so far there are so many actual voice uh, uh, supported by data service, right? Like more broadband service. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but since that, okay, as as why well introduced uh, in in uh, there is uh, okay uh, deep ingrained uh, design principle voice first. Uh, but rather, uh, we only provide a layer voice service with a high, higher service priority. Yeah, so that they can help us to obtain a better voice quality. So if operator sort uh they. They are willing to okay the provide those okay broadband voice services such as Skype or WhatsApp with a higher priority. I I do believe they can have a similar performance like the the VoT or the VON services. Yeah. Then how it will uh, impact like it's not on smartphone right? We go to, from smartphone to IoT device, and uh, it doesn't make any change. Right. Uh, for the IoT, uh, let me see. Basically, the, the IoT, actually, uh, in a practice, currently there are only the two uh, cellular IoT, uh, cellular IoT uh, say, okay, deployed, broadly deployed cellular IoT technology. One is the LTM, the other is the narrowband IoT. LTM support both data, voice, and the test service. And the data and the voice service are supported by IMS. And for narrowband IoT, they only support data service only. So which means that the same problem will be applied to the LTM, cellular IoT technology, rather than the MBIoT. Yeah. But in, in, the, in the 5G, okay, actually the, the 5G uh, IoT standards may not uh, fully finalized yet. People still discussing uh, some features on the 5G okay, IoT devices. 
but we still can see the voice service and the text service will be supported by a part of a partial IoT uh, technology, but not all of IoT technologies, 5G mm -hmm. IoT technologies. Yeah. And Scott, I think we have two more questions. So yes. one is from the Q&A. Can you say that? Or you yes. mean yeah, read that for that. you? So I can actually ask one question about the rich communication service. Can you say that? Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Okay. So, so basically, the rich communication service uh, actually, uh, in addition to the, uh, we can say okay, we can say uh, the IMS based show measure is not considered a conditional, uh, uh, traditional uh, test service because uh, it's uh, uh, transmitted over the SIP. Okay, basically, we can carry lots of uh, multimedia. Okay, like video, picture, we can carry lots of uh, okay the multimedia uh, files layer. Okay, so that, uh, so which means that, uh, okay, we can tell you, okay, according to our experience, we didn't see the lots of operational, okay, the rich communication service. Otherwise, we already, I, we already studied the, the security of that. So that says that, okay, yeah, operator try to promote a layer rich communication service, but since uh, it's not, very okay, promising at least to the, the, the end users, so that uh, you can see a lot uh, so of. I think right now maybe you didn't say actually you know we use rich communication service to replace SMS, but I think that the student is asking what do you think about the future? What's the vision about that? For example, five years later or in the in the in the near future, right? For some future, do you think it will be the trend? Actually, with the the traditional show message. Maybe traditional voice call will disappear, but the new service like the rich communication service will replace them. I think this is the first. Yeah, question. I I know what you mean, but my opinion is okay. Actually, yeah, we can say in the last okay ten years, operator okay, the the three GPP try to promote lots of uh, the, the multimedia service, for example, like push to talk. Okay, but we didn't see that any push to talk services uh, deployed in practice. Yeah, okay. they can they can deploy that, and then we will see. Okay, basically the thing is that okay, if uh, if we start see the Scott, yes. so do you mean actually kind of this is actually the there's a lot of the state holder uh, a stakeholder, and then actually there's kind of a competitor. I think you know the different like some vendor operator may have different opinion from the big company like Google mm -hmm. and uh, Facebook of Meta or other mm -hmm. company, right? The internet mm -hmm. service provider may have the different view from these telecom vendors, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, and the, 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 he had also had another question: is what do okay. you think about the vendor corporation is reshaping up, shaping up the mobile security landscape? He has two questions. Uh, you mean the, the this question? Uh, let me see. Could you, uh, could you say, because I currently say, you know, Akash has question, and uh, on a similar note, okay. how, what do you think about the vendor corporation is shaping up the mobile security landscape? Uh, Can you say the question? Corporation is shaping up, okay. Yeah, uh, I think so, but uh, in probably, uh, let me see. Yes, uh, but actually it depends on the, the, the depends on vendors because we we 
actually we reported uh, lots of uh, the issue to the, the different operators they have the different responses okay some operator and the device vendor they are more willing to address the problems we report but some some just say, okay there's not their problems they the, the end user you have to be responsible for those problems yeah we did see the different attitudes yeah thank you in the and um, there's one more question can you say that okay yeah i can see it yeah, so basically we, we discovered lots of vulnerabilities from, uh, first of all, we discovered the problems from the, the real okay, service, operational services, because we try to identify the real okay, threats. So we will pay more attention to those operational service. However, we still read a lot of the CGP standards, then we can know why this, we can identify root cause, real root cause of the discovered vulnerabilities. Then, then we can further provide a solution to address the standard problems so that we can benefit all the mobile users and operators. Yeah, basically that's our research philosophy. Uh, I, I think it's then also kind of, it's not a high level idea, it's more like a more concrete problem is how you reading start. For example, by, by reading tons of the 3GPP spec, to figure out actually what's the possible vulnerability, or you actually already come up with attack and then look at the spec, uh, try to answer that. Which one start first maybe? So what's yeah. the source of the, this attack ideas? Yeah, you can just discover the operational service first. Then you go to study his standards. You can study a GSMA standard first because GSMA was stimulated all the regulation for operational services. Then you can see, then after you read a standard, you can know what, the, what are the potential problems that you can, you probably can find from operational service. Then you conduct experiments. So basically we conduct a guide, the standard guide experiments. So we just, we will not just simply, okay, run the, the, the 1000, okay, experiments, yeah. We will read a standard first, then we know the where the possible issues then we are possible issues, then we conduct a validation experiments. Yeah. And the, any question? No more? Um, I, if there's any other question? Okay. If no more question, I think coming current is perfect. And uh, thank you for everybody for coming to today's action, the seminar talk. And Scott, thank you very much for giving us a talk. Thank you. And uh, just for all of us, let you know that this is actually the next week will be our last seminar talk of this semester. So, and I hope to see you next Wednesday and um, have a nice week. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank you.